0: Uh, and, and that comes with the idea that that it's easy to get off track. It's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to get focused on other things. And typically, uh, for us here in western New York, where, it's, where most of the time it's really cold and snowy, about nine months out of the year, uh, <coughs> we have a tendency to... And, and you said, don't remind me, Pastor. Uh, uh, we have a tendency to, to you know, just break out, uh, and run through the fields come the end of May, you know. And, and so what I, in September we brought this whole idea of tuning back in because it's time to tune back in. Now we've talked about uh, tuning into family, we've talked about uh, tuning into scripture, a, a variety of things. And this is the last thing that I want to talk about tuning back in, is, is tuning into, into, into power, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to you and I've told you what God's plan is for you, right? I've talked to you about choices, and, and that came to mind this morning as I was kind of ruminating over the sermon and what I would say to you, and how that, uh, and I remember one statement that keeps coming up, where we are now is, is, was, is the result of choices we've made sometime in our past, right? You know, we know that. There's power. There's power. God gives you more power, though. Okay, you, you If you're a believer, if you've given your heart to Christ, you have access to God's power. Now, uh, you know, and, 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 and I want to I explore that. I mean, there's no time to, to talk about every aspect of that this morning. I can, and I looked at every passage of Scripture. I've had to pull some out because I just, you know, there's just no time. Plus, I don't want to kind of like feed you with a water hydrant, you know, a, a water hose. I mean... Uh, and because there's just so many. I, I, but I do want you to get the idea that you can change the world that you're in. Okay? And this is not about Pepsi-Cola or Coca-Cola or anything. You know, we are the world or anything. It's not about that. This is about real practical stuff that, that in, in God's kingdom and under his power, little old you can change the world. You can change your world. You don't know, like your circumstances that you're in, you can change your world. Okay? I want to talk to a little bit about that. And, uh, you know, I think where I want to begin uh, is, is just a passage that many of us know. But this kind of sets us up. The first couple of passages set us up uh, to, to understand that, God, that, that God's in this thing. That this was God's plan. So you see, toward the end of Jesus' ministry... Actually, after his, after his crucifixion and after his resurrection, he says these things in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. I, you know, I could, I could read the whole chapter, but you have to kind of uh, decide. He says, But to the 11 disciples, but the 11 disciples uh, proceed to, proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, Now I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. He says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That's powerful. All authority. Now remember, and this goes back to something that I have said before and I've recently been reminded through a reading of a book, that God gave, God gave dominion and gave, gave dominion of the world to Adam when he was created and through disobedience in the garden that dominion was kind of transferred over to Lucifer. Okay? So we see it's not just about a, 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 a crucifixion. And a uh, a resurrection, we're seeing an actual power shift that takes place here. And Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been delivered to me, has been given to me. Now now that's pretty powerful. We need to know that. We need to grasp that. That there has been a power shift. Recognizing that men and women who, who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ are still under the dominion of the enemy. Okay? Understand that. Do you know that? I mean, that should answer some of your questions. Why is there evil in the world? Okay. Why, does, why do these things? When was the last time God made you do anything? Okay? That's how God, God, God works. Here we are. So it should answer the question. Why is there evil in the world? Well, there's a, there's a war going on. Some people still live under the dominion and under the influence and the power of the enemy. And his, and his idea is to destroy humanity. The scripture tells us this, that he has come to, to kill, steal, and destroy. He parades himself as an angel of light. Right? That's why people today can say, well, oh yeah, it's, it's the right thing to do to kill children. They won't say it that. We had to redefine that. I'm meddling now. We had to redefine children in order to, and just kind of clean up the language some, in order to, to, to say, well, it's about women's rights. So we're killing children. The enemy is at work in the world. He parades himself as an angel of light. I'm doing good things. That's, I mean, this is not new. The scripture tells us that, 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 that we can become so corrupt and so un, un, unseen that we can reassign names. We can call evil good and good evil. That's where we are. There's a war going on. We should not be. Uh, we should not be all that uh, uh, messed up in our heads when we when we look and we see evil in the world. We recognize that the enemy is still there and he still has influence. Jesus says, "All authority and power has been delivered to me." Okay. said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay? The scripture very, very clearly tells us that we're, we're citizens of the kingdom of God. And God, in a sense, transfers authority to us to do these things. Okay? Now, how does that work, you might say? How does that work? Well, I, you know, I, I'm an old military guy. And I remember, and I've shared some of these things with you, and this is how authority works. And, in fact, uh, the, you'll, 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 see, you'll see this in, in another place in the Scripture, and I'll mention this in a moment if I remember. <coughs> but, uh, essentially... I remember on, my, on the ships that I served on and in different places that I was at, the, the commanding officer didn't stay on the ship and he didn't stay on the base 24 hours a day. He was or she was the commanding officer. Amazing power, authority in that institution. Probably the only person that could put you on bread and water for three days in the in the whole free world, you know, it's like he said, bread and water three days. That'll get your attention. There's some authority there, but he didn't stay there all the time. He'd go when he'd leave. He would uh, he would designate or delegate someone. We called him the command duty officer, and depending upon the size of the command, it might have been an E five or an E six. Now that's kind of a kind of a middle graded uh, enlisted man or a woman, and I remember not being in that chain. As a, if I got a call from that command duty officer in the middle of the night, I spoke to them as I was speaking to the boss. Because they held his authority and power. Does that make sense? So when Jesus says to us, All authority and power in heaven and earth has been given to me, now, now go therefore and preach and teach the gospel, make disciples, baptizing them in my name, teaching them to observe the things that I have taught you. So that's authority, that's delegation of authority. Okay, just give you that's some, some basic stuff. Change in dominion, authority transferred. And the premise, and the, pre- the the promise of God's presence. He says, "I'm not going to leave you. And lo, I am with you always. Even this is this is right now stuff, guys. This is right now stuff for you and for me. Okay. Amen. Not only do we, not only have we uh, re- received and been delegated His authority, but He says, i 'I'm not going to leave you.' Okay. <clears throat> Acts the first chapter." If I can get all my pages together, Acts the first chapter, just another kind of setup passage. Acts 6, six one six eight, he says. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, "Lord, this is at the end. The context. This is at the end. This is at the end before he's 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 ascend, he ascends on on high." <coughs> Gathering, he says. So when they had come together, they were asking him, Lord, is it at this time you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said, it's not for, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Again, here these things are very, very much connected. Jesus is leaving, he's leaving authority, and he's, he's directing the people as to what they would be doing, their mission. Not only is he equipping them, he's empowering them, and, and he's telling them what, what he wants them to do. Okay, here we are, fast forward 2,000 years later. We are one of many congregations in the United States. It's amazing, it's like 2,000 years And these few people, and what happens? The whole earth is being covered. Everywhere you look, there is a symbol and a sign where God's footprint has been or is. I mean, those are the visible things. There are invisible things that we don't see. Yet God is present and he's working in our lives, okay? What do we have here? Power received, mission given. Okay? Turn with me to to John 14. I'm not going to take you all over the Bible, <coughs> but I got a I've kind of a method to the, my madness this morning. We've got plenty of time and the sermon is not long. I remember, I want you to kind of keep this little filed, this little thing filed in the back of your mind that you can change the world. Change your world, not only the world around you, but your world. Does that make sense? John 14, verses 12 through 18. I think it's behind me. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will, he will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, we could go on and read some more, but I won't. We have to kind of confine this to some, some you know, you know I, I, I enjoin you. Read the book of John. Read the book of John. Find out what God is doing. Okay? And the, the thing that I would point out in this passage of Scripture is that prayer was going to be answered. Anything you ask in my name. Anything you ask in my name. Now that throws us a little bit. Because is there anybody out there that's ever asked for something they didn't get? I mean, the rest of you, you just didn't want to put your hands up, did you? Either that or you're not asking for anything. Oh, I don't want to bother him with my small things. God is so busy and I'm so insignificant. I'm not going to ask him for anything. Oh, come on. God's a, God said, God is God's bigger than that. Even though you're busy, that doesn't mean he is. And, I, and I've talked about the the, the hair thing, you know? The, you know. Even the hairs on your head are numbered. I don't get it, but obviously God has the capacity to deal with it. God has the capacity to deal with, the, <coughs> with, the, with some of the things that you think are Really small and insignificant. You are not insignificant. You may be insignificant to your friends. You may be insignificant to your parents. You may be insignificant at work. The problem is is when you look at the problem is not that you're insignificant to them, you're insignificant to you. You look in the mirror and you don't see 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 something of worth. There's that song, Whose Report Will You Believe? I believe the report of the Lord. I, I think that's biblical. Because there are many voices in the world. And one voice is always there saying, you're not worth it. You're not worth it. You're no good. You're not big enough. You're not smart enough. You're not this enough. That's not God. I want you to know that's not God. God, God defines you as someone so important that you're like the apple of His eye. He who touches you touches the apple of the eye of God. You say, "Well, that was spoken of of Israel." Who do you really think you are? You're Israel. Did you know that? That's biblical. God said to, the, to, the, to the, the people who were relying on the bloodline of, of Judaism to, to make them righteous, Jesus simply said, look, God can raise up descendants of Abraham from rocks. It's about trust. It's about faith. It's about believing. All right. God said he would answer. I mentioned... I mentioned that there are sometimes when when that throws us a little bit, Jesus said that if if I ask, and then I ask, and it doesn't happen. I wrestle with that. Anybody else wrestle with that? I wrestle with that. Well, I I preach a sermon sometimes, and it's called, and I'm not even sure I like preaching it anymore, because it's why God doesn't answer prayer. And if we find in Scripture, and let me just give you three or four of them, though, and, and you'll, you'll get it. You'll understand. And, 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 and I didn't give them this, these passages. It's okay. Proverbs twenty one thirteen, It says that God <coughs> closes his ears to us when we close our ears to the poor. Okay? Makes sense? Okay? Another place, and there are more. James, uh, James 1 tells us that when we're simply, oh, I doubt that. I don't think that's going to happen. That's not happened. When was the last time that happened? So he said, Let not anyone who doubts think they're going to receive anything from God. Another place in James said, Look, when you ask with the wrong motives, God's not going to answer. I remember a story of a missionary. You know, he had gone from place to place and from the in these tribal areas in Africa, and had, had preached the gospel and just moved on preaching. And and they didn't really get everything. Many of them had given their hearts to Christ, had gotten saved, but you know, they didn't know a whole lot. And on this subsequent visit, he's visiting. There was this one guy who had given his heart to Christ, and he said to him, he says, "You know, how you doing?" He said, "Well, yeah, you know, God's." God, God answered my prayers. I said, he said, what's that? He said, well, I really like this other guy's wife, and I prayed. Okay? Okay? And, and, so, uh, you know, and, and so, when we ask with the wrong motives, God's not answering those things. Is it possible for us to ask with the wrong motives? Sure it is. Another one is Isaiah 59. I believe it's 59 said, Unconfessed sin. You're living in sin and you're just rejecting God and da 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 da. You know, your prayers are not going to be answered. One more I'll give you. Guys, when you mistreat your wife, the scripture says that, what's he say? He says that your prayers will be hindered. God knows. <laughs> There are other things. But for the most part, I don't think you have to be a perfect person for God to answer your prayers. It's about grace. It's about His favor. It's about His love. It's, it's not necessarily about lining up everything, because the truth is, I won't get everything lined up. It's almost like, well, when Pluto and Saturn align, and, and, you know, and it's like in the moon is in its third phase or something. No, Jesus said, "Ask, you'll receive. Press down, shaking together, he'll give into your lap." Okay, all right, all right. Now there's one. There's one other. Let me. Let me. Here's 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 something I think you can. You and I can chew on. <coughs> that you know we pray, and we everything else seems to be kind of lined up. And we say, well, all right, uh, but nothing's happening. Now, I, could, I could take you to Daniel during his fasting time where, where it was revealed that there was some kind of angelic stuff that was going on, some fighting. I told you earlier there's a war. Okay, there, There's a battle going on. In, in, the second cha- in the second book of Corinthians, we find Paul, the 12th chapter, verses 7 to 9. Let me, let's go there. He says, because of the surpassing great, greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given, given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Therefore, concerning this, I implored the Lord three times. I asked him three times that, I might, that this thing might leave me. And he, said, and he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Now, now I don't know. Now there's there's some interesting dynamics set up by that passage. We don't even know what that thorn in the flesh was. Now it seemed to be in his reasoning and Paul's reasoning is because I have experienced so many spiritual things that 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 I can see, wow, you know, I'm and he says, but here I have this weakness. A thorn in the flesh. I asked God three times to take it away, and God, His answer was this: essentially, no. It wasn't just no. He said, "My grace is sufficient for you." We we sang a, a part of a song earlier, and it says, "And, and how was that that verse?" It, it says that that God's it's the the idea was that somehow. That God makes all things to work together for my good, even the crummy things that are thrown at me. Can I put it that way? God didn't throw those things at me, but but as He works in you and works in me, He will twist and turn these things to do the right th- to, to to create something positive in our lives. Does that make sense? Now, could I say to you uh, the, the, that the first person that needs to change in, in our world is us? Okay? Oftentimes we're praying, we're praying for that, 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 that somebody else will change. Oh, that, that song, it's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. <coughs> See, God's not just interested in giving us the things that we want. He's interested in changing us. We see in the book of Romans, the 12th chapter, he says, Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. I mean, what, what's he talking about here? Being transformed into the image of God. I want you to know lollipops don't do it. You know, I'd like to say, I would like to say all the best lessons I ever learned, I learned on the mountaintop with my hands raised and my heart filled with joy. Some of the best lessons, but, I, but I'll have to be truthful with you and say, some of the best lessons, some of the deepest things that I learned about, about living with you, about living with my wife, about uh, working and, and understanding the world came through some kind of trimming that took place in my life. That was not, that was not, and I would say, God, take it away. Take it away. Take it away. And God says, I'm going to use this to deep, make, it, make you you deeper. To make you deeper. To make you deeper. So sometimes when God withholds an answer, it's not because he's gone on vacation. (coughs) Or that he thinks you're insignificant. Well, let's look at Blair. Well, you know, he's not done much for me lately. So I'm just, you know, I'll get around to it one of these days when I'm not so busy, I'll help him out. You know, God is not like a man in that regard. He's not like us. But there are times, could I say, and, and, and I was chatting with a friend this, this weekend. <clears throat> we were talking about some of these things. Could I, could I just kind of say to you that when you come to those events in your life that you don't understand and they're painful, that you have at least two choices to make. In other words, two directions to go. Now, I could get angry and bitter, and I've done that before. I've got, boom, God, what are you doing? Ever been with me? Anybody, anybody else uh, you know, got clay feet? You don't know, understand? Now, you can continue on that track, and I'll tell you right now, that's not a good place to go. Or you can turn to the right, and like, like the disciples, remember, and I, we shared this too, Remember when, when Jesus, I mean, it was at the height of his ministry. I mean, I mean, they, they, were, they want to put out posters. Jesus is coming, right? Okay? The height of his ministry. They were drawing all kinds of crowds. And Jesus misspoke. He didn't really misspoke, but I bet his handlers thought he was misspeaking. We're in a world of politics now. Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. Woo-hoo! And his disciples, and he, they, they looked around, and they, started, they saw the crowd beginning to thin. And Jesus looked around, and because they're looking at each other, says, How about that? And, and Jesus looked at his disciples and said, You going to leave me too? Oh no, Jesus, we understand exactly what you mean. They didn't say that. They were as baffled and thrown back by a statement like that as as any of the others. I believe as Peter says, Lord, where are we going to go? We know this, that you have the words of eternal life. I want you to know, I want you to think that when difficulties come come into your life... Things that you don't understand. Very painful situations and circumstances. It doesn't mean that God's not on the job. What you need to do is remember remember the time when he parted the Red Sea for you. Remember the time when he saved you. Remember the time when he filled you with the Holy Spirit. Remember the time when he blessed you and took care of you and, and, and answered your prayers. Remember those times and stand on his faithfulness and say, God, I may not understand the moment that I'm standing in right now. but I know that you love me that you will lift me up and that you will see me through that's faith I mean this is not alien to us mama when we gonna get there we'll get there honey mama when we gonna get there we'll get there honey (laughs) they don't know anything they don't know when, where, how, what But they got their hand in the hands of their mom or their dad. And they're gonna go. And they'll be okay. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I've got 15 minutes. I want to share with you (coughs) one last passion. This brings us to to the place. Here's where you change the world. (laughs) The the other stuff's about changing you. Mm -hmm. See, see, when we say yes to God, he changes us. <laughs> yeah. Glory to your name. Amen. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. I bless you, Jesus. I bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Go with me to Luke the eleventh chapter. Just a just a short passage of scripture. <coughs> Pardon me. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain I have that? Do I have that? It's, it's Luke 11, 1 through 13. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said, said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. It really is, I won't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will give, him, he will give up, get up and give him what he, as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, suppose one of you fathers has, has a son. Well, we could go on. Okay, I could read that on. But you get the picture. Persistence in prayer. Persistence in prayer. Teach Jesus teaches it in at least in several places. Persistence in prayer. Valley and I encountered... A situation at her work It was just crazy. Essentially, a place that had been a everybody loved to work. Management changed, and all of a sudden, it went from everybody loves work to everybody hates, does, doesn't even want to come in. You know, that happens. As you know, I, I don't know. You probably had similar experiences. The first response, now me, the first response was to get up on my toes and let's fight. But that's, that's not what God's called me to. So instead of getting up on our toes, we got on our knees. And we began to, we began to pray. <laughs> and we didn't pray for anyone to be hurt. We began to pray. And oh, for, it took a year. It took a year. It's not over yet. But God's done some, some pretty incredible things there. That's just one example. Persistence in prayer. Why do, I, why do I have to pray persistently? Because it's a battle. Get a picture of Daniel and, and, and wrestling against, uh, while he fasted and prayed. And if he, if he, if, I don't want to go into that story. Just go to the book of Daniel and find where he spent days on his knees. He'd pray several times a day. He'd fast. What was revealed to him that this was, there was a fight that was going on in spiritual. He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities and powers in high places. This is where the fight takes place. The people, the people that you're angry at, or the people that, that are coming against you, are not your real enemies. These things are spiritual. Folks, Here's what I'd like you to do. And this is what I this is this is the lesson for today. I'm a pastor. I'm not just an evangelist. You know, I'm a pastor. I want you to learn something. I want you to take one thing that's challenging your life, one thing. And I want you to dedicate the next, you know, next week, next 10 days, make sure that you get down and say, "God, I need you to do this." In the name of Jesus, I need you to do this. I'm asking you to do this. Now, Now the answer may look a little different than what you expect it to be. But God will hear your prayer. Okay? Begin to ask. Begin to ask. And, and, and in that, he might say, in that asking, in, that, in, that, in the context of that relationship when you're focusing on him, God will begin not only, to, if, you need, if you need changing, God will change you. If you need a message from him, he'll give you a message. If you need peace from him, he'll give you peace. But be, you understand? The scripture tells us that, that, that God's going to do the fighting for us. You know? on our knees on our knees on our knees if you you know i don't know what you what you think about the elections coming up get on your knees Amen. if you if you if get on your knees Amen. get on your knees your situation at work get on your knees your marriage relationship get on your knees your children Get on your knees. Your future? Get on your knees. What did he not say that he would take the things that he has chosen what is considered weak in this world to to flip to flip the flip the world upside down? To take those things which are and nullify them. And set in place those things through these weak things like spirituality, like prayer, like the sacrifice, like God. You know? How many of us, we encounter people says, say, oh, God's just for weak people. God has chosen the weak things of this world to, to, to turn it all up on its, on, on its side, to nullify it. That's what he says. There's not a person in here that can't change their world. And I'm saying they can't change the world because you have access to all heaven and earth. You, the authority of God. You have access. You have access. So what am, I, what, am I trying to get, what am I trying to get across today? You can change the world, but you've got to do it on your knees. And you have to be persistent. You have to be like that. You know, I don't even like those dogs, but they, there's something about them. You know the, the pit bulls? It gotta be like a pit bull. You latch on and you begin to pray. You begin to seek God. And don't turn loose. <laughs> don't turn loose. Don't turn loose. Yeah, <laughs> you think that's funny, don't you? <laughs> some are laughing. Can we have some music? It's time to sing. It's time to worship. And I wanna I wanna enjoy you this morning if you're here and there's something in your life and and even if, I know everybody's got something some things are more pressing, more important more, more critical, I don't know but I want you to take, I want you to say look, I am going to be, I'm going to be persistent I'm going to take it to God I'm going to keep praying because he has promised that he would hear me. (laughs) He has promised that he would hear me. Stand with me. Now this has not been a sermon for, this has not been an evangelical sermon for, for people to come to know Jesus. But if you're here with us this morning, and you've never given your heart to Jesus, and you're tired of living in sin, you're tired of living in the world that you're in now, I want you to know that Jesus can deliver you. That your answer is Jesus. All you need to do is give your heart to him today. Give your heart to him today. I'll meet you right here. I'll tell you, I'll show you how simple it is. You'll walk out of here today with Jesus in your heart and your sins forgiven. Hey? If you're here in that condition today, come, come and meet me here right now. Right now. You want some relief. You want some relief. Meet me here as we worship. Folks, and if you if you just want to spend some time in prayer as we before we close our service and and for the first time bring that thing again before God and start the process of of, of being tenacious about that thing, about that set of circumstances. Okay? These altars are open. Let's worship. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Next week, for a few weeks, I'm going to be, I'm going to be speaking about the Holy Spirit. If you have friends who, who don't understand any of that, bring them in. Okay? They're curious. They want to know. Get a biblical uh, a, a measure, a, a strong measure of how, how these things work and why. Amen? Uh, go with the Lord. Love one another. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the company and the fellowship of your friends. Pray for your church. Pray for your friends. Pray for, again, that thing. I want you to learn something on that. I want, pick that one thing out and begin to just drill on that. And be faithful with that every day. And watch God move. Watch God act. Amen? Amen. God bless you as you go. Don't forget the things that are coming up in October. I want you to be a part of everything that will bless you and fill you and draw you closer to Him. Amen.